Music of very own reporter Thomas Ladder will be looking into the world of ultimate frisbee. Now, this fringe sport is not so well known, but has a surprisingly large following here in Hong Kong. Cal joins us today to tell us everything we need to know about it. Hi, I'm Cal Lee. I uh, play ultimate frisbee in Hong Kong. I am originally from the U.S. Uh, I'm currently on the board of the Hong Kong Ultimate Players Association as the communication director. Okay. So we're here to talk about Ultimate Frisbee, yes. an exciting name, but some people <laughs> might know what it is. It's a somewhat obscure sport, I believe. Sure, especially in Hong Kong. I would say the average person in Hong Kong has never heard of the sport. Uh, but it, it is a sport, and it's um, it's been around since the 70s. Mm-hmm. So the way they play it is it's on a, a, a pitch, you know, like the football field, kind of that length. Um, it's supposed to be 70 meters long and with 25-meter end zones. So it's played seven on seven mm-hmm. at, at a time with, with a with a disc with frisbee, yeah. and and essentially you know there's there's two end zones just like just like in rugby and you can only um, you know you, you have to you have to pass it to the disc to a teammate in the end zone to score. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- whenever the disc hits the ground, whether you made a bad throw or uh, the person couldn't catch it or the other team uh, played played defense on it and knocked it down. That'd be a turnover and the other team gets a chance to to take the disc and, and they get the chance to score. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's make things a, a bit more clear, I think. Uh, sure. I understand the rules that, that people are not allowed to move with the the disc either. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and that that's a pretty crucial crucial difference. That's fairly unique to Ultimate. I, I guess netball is fairly similar yeah. if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so y- y- you know, um, people always ask like, oh, how do you how do you control your steps? But you, you, basically, you know, you're running to catch the disc, and then they, you stop as quickly as you can. It's not it's not a big deal how long it takes to stop. But you're not allowed to run with the with the disc like like rugby. Yeah. So you you catch the disc, you stop, and then you pass it to another teammate. Okay. Are there certain techniques that people use with passing? Is it just a, a written? I'm sure oh, people have played frisbee before, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the average person when they when they see a frisbee and they learn to throw it, they would throw what is called a backhand. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's the, the same motion in you know tennis and ping pong. Uh, but the backhand feels more natural mm-hmm. for a frisbee. But there, there's a forehand as well, and and we throw forehands um, generally more more mm-hmm. often in, in in competitive ultimate. And there are many other types of throws. Some of them are fancy trick throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them are very useful, you know, less less flashy, but actually still useful throws. Right. And how are you learning these techniques? Are there classes that you can go to, or is it just you're teaching each classes. other sort of thing? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we, ha- we have training. We, yeah. we have some... Uh, um, so I, I, I learned in, in a university in the U.S., yeah. And yeah. where we had a team, and, you know, you, you have a whole season uh, to, to train with your teammates and to, to practice mm-hmm. and throw and... And here it's it's a little bit less official, but we we run these um, these training camps. We call it Ultimate One Hundred and One, mm-hmm. um, and we 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 don't have a set schedule for when we run them, but we actually run quite a lot. I think we ran it like between six and eight last year. Yeah. And so so that's a great session for beginners. You know, that's we just kind of volunteer time and and teach them the basics of throwing and, and the rules of the game. And uh, this this summer especially, we had a special training for for women mm-hmm. um, because. Uh, the, the sport is co-ed, especially the way we, we play it in Hong Kong. Yeah, I imagine it's a very gender-neutral sport. It, I yeah. mean, it's not uh, not completely entirely com- athletic. You don't need like rugby sort of thing. Yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's less like a like a risk of injury where, yeah. where you know you have uh, men colliding with women. Mm-hmm. It's the best kind of uh, mixed gender sport that I've seen. Yeah, and um, it's completely non-contact as well. Uh, it's mostly non-contact. Yeah. You, you know, you, you do have people bumping each other, but uh, that would 
that would be a foul. Yeah. So, so, but in terms of kind of learning in Hong Kong, it, it actually is tricky because yeah. there's very little field space in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah, when, I, when I was learning to throw, like I would just go in any grass and, and I would just throw with a friend. Yeah. But a lot of the parks here, a lot of you know, you go to Victoria Park and you throw a frisbee, they'll they'll, they'll yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> they'll go over there and say you can't do that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's dangerous. So, um, it is actually a little bit tricky. There are there is. You know, you have to you have to pick your spots. Yeah. Um. And certainly, when when we book fields, you know, those are perfect venues, obviously, for for throwing frisbees and, and practicing. So most players in Hong Kong, their um, their frisbee schedules will revolve kind of revolve around our field bookings, right. field availability. And yeah, so so we have a big focus on training because it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, to get, it's hard to get in the sport to, to learn to throw. There's there's quite a, key, a steep learning curve. Okay. And as far as fields that you play at, you just book out a football field to, to play in, or is there any, or you just try and find an empty park somewhere? No, we have to we have to book them all. Yeah, um, there's there's very rare rare times where we can walk up anywhere, walk up to a beach. That sometimes we can do that. Yeah, but uh, so we have a, got a lot of you know relationships with the fields. Okay. Um, we use Dai Hangdong mm-hmm. in in, uh, in Prince Edward. We use the Shekhi Mei Field uh, in Shekhi Mei. Um, and there's Sokonpo in Kazu Bay. Okay. A lot of rugby players yeah. to play there. That's a big one. And Sun Yat-sen in, in Shangwan. Right. Uh, we also recently added Kowloon Zai. Okay. Park. And as far as teams go, are, there's, there's enough people to have a competitive scene going in Hong Kong? Yeah. So the the, the scene in Hong Kong is pretty cool. Yeah. It's maybe... Um, we've had about 150 members at some point. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think maybe now we have like 100 members, but another 50 people that, that sometimes would, would come in and out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's enough for for good leagues. Yeah. So so we'll have league within Hong Kong, and we'll just we'll we'll set up a fall league and a spring league, and we'll make six or eight teams per per league, okay. and 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 that will be split in some some sort of way, and uh, and that's a lot of fun. We'll play you know once a week and um, have teams, and then we also have a more competitive club teams that would be training with each other and then going to international tournaments. Right. And uh, right now we have. Uh, right now we have two teams. We, we've had three at some points, uh, and, and now now it's about two teams that will be that, training that play internationally. And would they represent Hong Kong or represent just a team? So usually they represent the, uh, the team. It yeah. would just be a club team going to a club tournament. Right. But we uh, there is a kind of a international frisbee um, association. It's, it's called WIFDIF. Yeah. Uh, the World World Federation, the World Flying Disc Federation. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so they actually do do host official international events. Right. And we so Hong Kong does send a team. Yeah. So you, sometimes you do represent Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, and well, speaking of the international community, uh, yes. uh, recently Olympic Committee has recognized yes. uh, frisbee as a sport, which uh, was pretty exciting news, I guess, for you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I would say most members are are very excited about that. Uh, you know, for 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 most of our our careers, probably you know nobody has known what frisbee is, and and you know maybe either derided it or just did not realize it's a, it's a sport. Yeah. So to have this official recognition is. Um, you know, generally positive news. Yeah, it's the reason why we're talking today as well. <laughs> yeah, it's good to get that that yeah. sort of exposure. What about the history of it? It was created in the U.S. It was. It was created in a parking lot in New Jersey, I believe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these high school kids in New Jersey were basically just, you know, people have been throwing discs for, yeah. for uh, some time, but uh, there was no kind of official sport, and then they, they created this, and somehow it caught on, and I think... Um, you know, I, I I've seen some footage actually from people playing in the '80s, and it looks terrible. They look like <laughs> nothing like they do now. And right. It it's the sport has very much evolved from 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 an activity 
from even like something associated with hippie culture yeah, yeah, yeah. to to a, a sport to a, a culture of you know athletes and 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 high level competition right. and and that's kind of the, the you know where it is now okay uh so in in hong kong yeah uh you've got a website and what's your organization called one more time sure it's it's hkupa yeah uh, the hong kong ultimate players association yeah and uh, how, how do people get involved with ultimate frisbee then where would they find more information uh, I think I think uh, there's there's quite a lot on our website. Uh, we, we definitely do get a lot of you know general inquiries, and I would say um, the first thing you do is you know go to our calendar mm-hmm. and and if you never come to Ultimate before, like just go show up to any event and mm-hmm. and just watch and kind of talk to people. And if you want to you know get get your feet dirty and you never played, go to go to a pickup game. Yeah, because th- those are open to everybody. And um, I think I think it can be challenging. You know, to somebody who's never seen this sport before and doesn't know how to throw a frisbee, but it's fun and it's a really good community. You know, it, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's sort of an unusual interest, right? You know, there's many players, many people playing football and basketball, uh, but when you when you play ultimate, you're, you're part of a kind of uh, a small group. So yeah. so we, we treat you like family. All right. Um, is there anything else that you want to add before we close off the interview? Um, yeah, sure. Like so, so in terms of of WIFDF, actually, they ha- they have these, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, world championships every four years, mm-hmm. and and then so the next one would be twenty uh, sixteen in London. Yeah. So that so that would be where you uh, the national teams of countries would, would be invited to compete, and they do a run up event actually uh, one year one year before in in their um, in each continent. Yeah. So, so there, there's an Australasia, uh, you know, championship, right? And and that's actually coming up in November, and uh, Hong Kong is hosting it, oh, which cool. which is yeah, far, the the biggest event we'll ever we've ever hosted. Yeah, <laughs> and we we've hosted tournaments before, and those are usually you know we get uh, some fields and we book them for two days, mm-hmm. but this one we actually it's a three day tournament. We have to book mu- multiple fields throughout Hong Kong and the island in Kowloon. Wow. Okay. So that's uh that's exciting for us. And I mean, we have a lot of, you know, that's going to be November 27th to 29th. Okay. We have teams coming from New Zealand, Australia, United Arab Emirates, India. You know, it's, it's definitely a very unusual for us. And, and of course, some local teams playing as well. Yeah, Hong you, Kong. You got to cheer for Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Hong Kong should be able to send a, a men's team, a women's team, and a, and a mixed team. Right. So that, that, that should be... That should be good for us. Okay. And uh, I guess it's it's free entry, or do you have to pay for tickets for this? Uh, it's it's gonna be free entry for all of the events except the finals. I th- okay. I think that the, the finals gonna be in Mongkok Stadium, and uh, we actually haven't decided exactly how we're gonna do that yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds pretty cool, actually. I guess information <laughs> can be found on your website. Yes, yes, uh, we, which we have is <laughs> so it's uh, www.hkupa.com. Okay. Do you have Facebook or Twitter? Or we something? do. Yeah. We, we have a, we have a Facebook page. Uh, and, and we do post a lot of our updates out of there. So right. yeah, definitely, you know, if you're interested in frisbee, you know, just uh, c- come out, come out to any event, and you know, talk to people. They'll, they'll be friendly. They'll they'll be in, you know, willing to explain what what we do. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Cool.